you have over the years played more games, specifically more trading card games than <laughs> probably anybody that I know. Uh, so you have gone through this, you know, development of how to approach new games uh, explicitly. You know, you're, you know, you're part of a team called True Duelist. If I got that right, right. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. And you guys just went and prepared for the first ever Battle Spirits event. Mm-hmm. And you've done this over and over again for other games. So, like, what is your process and approach to a new game, like, even before it's launched? What's up, guys? How you doing tonight? We are live with the recording of this podcast this week. This is the Into the Unknown podcast, and I would like to welcome my guests at this time. Uh, my dear old friend at this point, I, mean, I don't know how long it's truly been, but... Mr. John Tata, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It is awesome to hear. So we're going to give everyone a chance to know who you are in a few minutes, but we do have some news to get into this week. So I'm going to go right on into it, break it up, and we're just going to get into the fun, in all honesty. So, Tata, we got uh, three new cards today. Uh, (laughs) So you're very excited about at least one of these cards. So I'm going to throw the floor to you. Why don't we talk about Scepter of Arendelle and tell me how much you love uh, about this card and why you think it's going to be an impact. Yeah, so uh, the very first deck I started playing when I started playing this game, probably, I don't know, like a month or two ago, I guess, at this point, uh, were the blue decks. I I really like Let It Go. Um, You know, just the blue cards, like the ramp seemed really good. Um, But it was always missing, you know, they're all their guys are small. There's not a lot of combat tricks. Like, you know, you're kind of like a one trick pony with the items, um, you know, and there's always missing something. So the scepter kind of brings it all together. Right. So I feel like support is one of the best keywords in the whole game. Um, so when you put it on a one cost inkable item, the whole color as a whole kind of morphs into just an entirely different deck so now all these giant you know like two and three lore creatures that they have just become so much better so i'm really excited about the scepter yeah i think it's uh i think you said it best you're basically like this is the exact card that the item slinger deck needed but like i think it's even greater than that i think that this is likely an auto include in every sapphire deck in some number yeah for sure right now yeah you know maybe we'll get something else that might push it to maybe not quite be so game breaking but the color really 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 needed this and now i think that the 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 aerial item deck isn't more it's not like a meme anymore now it's like a real deck right adding another cheap item alone was just enough to like give it more synergy yeah, like You've I think people almost are, anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. People are starting to realize that the uh, coconut basket's actually better than it looks. So now you have that, you have the scepter, um, you know, you have items from other colors. Um, so I feel like you can really build like a real cohesive aerial deck now and actually be able to kill the problem creatures like uh like Tinkerbell, for example. That's one that's always been tough to remove for Sapphire. Um, so now you have the the ability to pump someone and be able to you know take her out in a challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think support. Obviously, we only have two characters with it currently, like the chicken and yeah, Merlin. Uh, Merlin. Yeah. So 
it's definitely like one of those where it's just nice to get something that is support right now. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's a really underutilized keyword, but it's also just because it's not very like it's not in the game enough to get a full effect of it. But the idea that you can just for you know the low low cost of one ink. Yeah. And that's it. Like you don't even have, it's not even like you have to pay one to use this. It's just like, no, like once it's there, it's there. And now every time you want to, you just gain the favor of it. Yeah. Which is really, really powerful. But yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We'll break it down in a later video. So let's go back and we have Han. So Han's a, you know, a four cost inkable emerald three, three with three lore at a four cost. And he's vanilla. This guy, I mean, at face value, looks pretty generic but it's the first it's the lowest cost character in the game with three lore yeah um so that alone is enough to talk about it i don't know i really don't know how good this guy ends up being but he's definitely a threatening character that says you have to answer me or you're going to be behind yeah that's that's how i feel too like he has three uh willpower health or you know whatever it's called in this game um, so that, that's kind of like the magic number. Um, most things deal two damage. Um, so they either have to use two cards on them or just one, you know, like creature that's big enough, I guess, to, you know, fight them. Um, I, I like this card. I don't think it's bad. Uh, four cost for three lore is, you know, obviously. It's above average. For sure. uh, um, and inkable. I think that's right. the big takeaway too is like. Exactly. When the card's bad, why it's rare. Yeah, when the card's bad, you can still just ink it. You're like, all yeah. right, whatever. Like it's bad, it's not good right now, I'll just ink it. But like yeah. when it's great, it's gonna be such a like so much pressure is added that I think yeah. is where it's gonna get really, really good. But it's solid, you know, and not to go on a tangent, but I hate the vanilla cards. I think they're incredibly <laughs> lazy, but you know, I guess if you're gonna make them, you just kind of overtune them and you know, people are somewhat happy still but i come from other games too where this kind of design just isn't as good so maybe it's different in this game i guess i just you have to look at it from um the lore is a is a text right mm -hmm. so like in this game we have that uh the i guess the fourth resource cost on it you would call it I'm not really yeah. the attribute or whatever you would want to say it as but like since we have a fourth it kind of gives you a little leeway i think in the text box because just by making this guy three lore it's basically like saying exert you know gain three lore right like, yeah so that's kind of what the text box is like would read if we didn't have lore as an attribute and that's how yeah. i look at a lot of them and like some of them are just above average stats and everything like that like maui um, or even like the new Maleficent from the other day, the Sapphire Maleficent. Like, yeah, she's good too. Yeah. They just have stat boxes along with exert game three lore. Yeah, they they have like pseudo text boxes, which is fine. You know, right. I I just wish there weren't so many of them because they're sure. kind of like it's a two hundred four. Yeah, it's a two hundred four card set, and I feel like there's like twenty vanillas. So there, really... I think there's actually more than twenty vanillas now. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's definitely so, a lot. Yeah, we'll have to see. All right, so the last card is uh, Stampede. Stampede's a one-cost, uninkable, deal two damage to a chosen damage character. And a lot of people are really upset that this is just like R.I.P. Mufasa all over the place. Right. There's a lot of that going around today. <laughs> and I get it. I can respect it. <laughs> but yeah. what are you going to do, you know? I think this card 
on its own is very, very bad. Uh, like, really, really bad. And a lot of the up talk on it is like, well, you can pair it with Steel. And, like, my honest response to that is, I don't need this card in my Steel deck. Yeah, I mean, I you don't, don't want Fire the Cannons 5 through 8, right? Like, I mean, I feel like 4 is enough because of Captain Hook, yeah? So, yeah. Like, I think if this was inkable, like, I don't see any reason why it's not inkable. I but, totally agree. I, I think yeah. it, it should have been inkable. I think and they're really overvaluing it. My counter argument to this card would be like, okay, it's in green, right? So mm -hmm. they don't have any, to my knowledge, like, point-based damage. No. So, but still, even with that argument, it's like, okay, you're never going to plus with this card. Right. Like, you're, you're always, like... Always negative. Yeah, you're you're always trading like damage from a source plus this card to remove one card. Right. So it's you know for that reason alone, it should have been inkable because you can never plus with it. Right. But you know it's just gonna kind of sit in people's unplayable boxes and yeah. Just I mean, on. luckily enough, this is not a rare, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be plenty of these to sit in boxes. Yeah. I I can't think of any current deck that would want this card, and I can't think of any future cards that might come out that would be like, oh man, okay, this works really well with Stampede. So. Right. All right. We got past the news, so we're gonna get into it. We're gonna find out a little bit more about John Tata here. So we're gonna slowly bring this up. I want to kind of just run lightning round this style, right? So like, how long have you been a TCG player? Yeah, sure. So I've been playing TCGs uh, for 28 years. 1994 is when the Dark released for Magic. Um, I believe that was 94. I was, uh, I was five. Yeah. So Scott <laughs> has a few years on me. Yeah. But, yep. but uh, we probably started playing games roughly the same time. You know, like I said, he might have like a year or two on me. But so I started in uh, the dark, played Magic, uh, and then moved on from there. Played like the old, old Decipher games, Star Wars, all those games. Played Versus System into WoW, into Dragon Ball, into so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, so. The list carries on. So, yeah. of course, the ultimate question is, what brings you to Lorcana? I've, I've always been a big Disney fan. Um, so... I, it probably multiplied over the last eight years. I have two kids now who are um, eight and almost seven. So they are obviously in to Disney. So the thought of a Disney card game that I can play with my son, who's now eight, gone on nine, um, he's starting to get into games and he's excited about it. So it was kind of just like a natural evolution into, you know, like the next card game. Yeah, it's really interesting because, like, when we started playing games together 15 years ago or so, uh, kids were definitely not on the brain then. So now we're both right. in the same position where, like, man, it's really cool that, like, we kind of like this game. It's enjoyable. And mm -hmm. there's a chance our family's into it. Like, yeah, that's just a that that's hard to accomplish these days. So Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm currently playing Battle Spirit Saga, I guess professionally since i'm qualified for the pro tour next there you weekend. go but professional yeah it's just you know so i'll keep playing that but just having like a side game or maybe even a main game that i can play with my son travel to events so on and so forth that was super appealing and something that we're both looking forward to yeah uh and our last question was what may separate lorcana from the other games that you've played i mean mainly the ip right i mean the there's there's some unique mechanics too. Like the lore mechanic is pretty cool. I don't know if it's really 
unique, but the way it works with combat, you know, it, it is unique. Yeah. Um, but like the gameplay aside, I think a lot of it has to do with just the IP. You know, that's the main draw to it for me. And I think that's really what sets it apart from other games. If, if this game had the same mechanics with a different IP, it might not be as popular. Right. I don't know. But just because it carries Disney, it's going to be huge. Right. Yeah. Like if this was just random IP dot IP, like some random fantasy game, I I would be shocked if it had gotten the like the response that it has. Yeah, card games are tough to break into the current market. Right. I mean, there's so many games, you know, there's digital stuff. So, you know, being Disney, it's you know, that's huge. It's, it it does hold actual weight. And and the game is deeper than what it appears in the rules. I think people don't realize that. They kind of read the rules and they're like, oh, this is pretty basic. But right. after you start playing, you're like, oh, man, you know, it's pretty deep. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely a layer. Like, it, it's I, I steal this from Scott all the time. It's 100% like minute to learn, lifetime to master type concept. Because yeah. you can teach anyone to play this game in minutes. And there's no it's, doubt about it. It's very straightforward. Yeah. And to be fair, that's true for like a lot of games or even most games, but right. You know, well, this one though, know. it's you know, it's some games are difficult to teach in a couple of minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but fair. All right. So the cool thing about Mr. Tata is that uh you have over the years played more games, specifically more trading card games, than <laughs> probably anybody that I know. Uh so you have gone through this, you know development of how to approach new games uh explicitly you know you're you know you're part of a team called true duelist if i got that right right Um, right. and you guys just went and prepared for the first ever battle spirits event Mm -hmm. and you've done this over and over again for other games so like what is your process and approach to a new game like even before it's launched yeah so the first thing that i always try to do which it works out because you know anyone can actually do it is print proxies and just play you know bring it to your locals you know your local playing partner you know we do this for any game that comes out literally any is that they always have like a discord or a facebook group and it's very easy to find cards and just throw you know 15 four ofs together and just play the game learn the mechanics you know get used to the like unique nuances of you know the new game resource systems how combat works um i mean that's the best thing anyone can do is just sit down and just play very basic games don't try to jump in like at the top level like hey give me the best deck and let's play like you should always start basic and just learn i think it's interesting because unlike like me this is the first time i've ever been a part of a game before it's launched Mm -hmm. right so for me getting every one of these cards every day and every you know as the days goes by it's just another piece of the puzzle and then like don't get me wrong there is like a part of me that's like from a design aspect and the little bit of design that i've done now it's like it's interesting to also see what they value for cost you know like why you know why is it why are like most of the rush characters uninkable like they really value rush as a resource in this game which i think is really cool um whether or not it's gonna end up being accurate in chapter one and if these cards become unplayable because there's too many uninkable rush characters etc like that's a whole up for debate still but it's very interesting to go through this whole process with them and see the cards delivered day by day 
to kind of get this broad idea of it all. And then, like, the other thing for me is the playing is it, it, the game is like, you know, that lore system is like no other system. It really, like, I know how you can easily side by side comparison, like, two other things. But when you really sit down and you really play and you really start retracing your steps in gameplay, you're like, man, I could have won a turn earlier. Man, I could have won two turns earlier, two turns earlier. Like, or like, how if I made this decision to challenge and then forced him to, you know, either respond or whatever, like there's so many little decision points that go into the whole lore mechanic that it's not, it's not just turn my guy sideways and just hope for the best. Like yeah. the fact that you can't directly attack your opponent's characters unless they're exerted adds this other layer. So like, to me, it's very important to get games in now because I feel like when the game comes out, I'll be like, all right, I'm not figuring these problems out. I'm figuring out yeah. other problems. Yeah. And you know, I could use battle spirits as an example, actually, you know, since we mentioned it and this yeah. is a really good example is that, so battle spirits had a launch event back in March. Uh, that was a $250,000 tournament. Like, huge the game's not even out yet game comes out in april and, and they had a march event for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. so what they did was they despoiled the whole set like a month or two in advance so you know what any new player should do then at that point obviously is to go on tts go on whatever platform you could play on print proxies and start learning the game and i think that lorcana is no different like there's no giant tournament at first I mean, well, there's Gen Con, but there's not like some huge Gen Con really surprise or anything, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, if you like, I can almost guarantee, almost guarantee it that the top eight at Gen Con or whatever are going to be players who have been playing the game since, you know, May or whenever. So th they're going to know all, all the mechanics. They're going to know the combat math. They're going to know the lore math. And, you know, that's, that's what you have to do. That's what sets those players apart from, you know, the, the other players basically. Right. So, um, from a, from, from another point, right. So we, you competitively, you know, you had a motive going into battle spirits of why you want to, you know, to do what you want to do. We've discussed a little bit like why, you, you know, you, you should just try it anyway. Right. I think it's another layer again, because we're not, again, I'm not used to this, the system. Right. So like, having the ability to already play on TTS, print proxies, uh, play on Pixelborn. Yeah, Pixelborn. Like, like th there's all these different resources already that if you're excited for the game and you want to play, it, you're already able to, which I think is the yeah. cool thing. Um, and if we're being honest, come August 18th, if you didn't go to Gen Con and you didn't get to play in a starter event or learn to play or something like that, there's no guarantee you're getting cards on August 18th anyway. So yeah. you may as well already be into the idea. Like right now it's July 18th. You can already play the game. You may as well already be trying to play the game. Yeah. And, you know, I've had multiple friends ask me like, hey, where can I play Lorcana? You know, and I'm like, okay, where you, there's TTS. But then I'm also, there's this program called, you know, Pixelborn. So I've probably five people over the last week I've been, you know, started playing Pixelborn. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had a couple especially after we started talking about it more and more in the videos, like people have definitely asked me like, how do I play this game? How do I get in? Yeah. It's, it's a great resource. If you don't know how to get in, hit me up in the comments, hit me up, in the, whatever. I'll get you the information. It's, it's, it's almost invaluable to play because it's so, it's so much fun because yeah. Yeah. it just, it's a, it's a great resource and that's all I can really, yeah. I can't and the more people that play it, the faster the queue times are and the right. more games you can play. I mean, even so like now, like I think, 
I think on average, Q times maybe like 90 seconds. It really doesn't feel like it's. Yeah, it depends on what time of day. Like I've played, right. you know, cues that are 30 seconds long, and I've played them when they were five minutes. So it just depends on the time of day. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. So what do we have next? Oh, smash the like button if you like this information. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheap plug. Uh, so what tips would you give to new players uh, in general? And then we'll get more in specific with like Lorcana itself. So yeah, like there's so, a lot of a lot of new players, right? I mean, we can see it in the Facebook comments when evaluating cards. Yeah, uh, all of these things. So what what type of tips could you give to new players that would be helpful? Man, I could tell you. Tip number one. This is something that I don't understand why people don't do this. Is read the rules, like <laughs> read them like multiple times. If, if there's a comp rule document, there's not read it. Need yeah, they like, need it. Learn the keywords. You know, that will help you more than anything else. And then also the second big thing is content creators. Like find the one that you like, if, you know, whether it's this one, some other one. Like we're fortunate in, in this game that there are multiple content creators that put out really high quality content. So, you know, pick your favorite and just just consume as much as you can. You know, that's yeah, what you can do. I think it's pretty great. I mean, even this early on, you have all types of different content for the game that, like, you can attach yourself to. You know, you have strategy content, you have gameplay, you have, like, um, art, you know, art uh, interpretation and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many forms of content for this game already that it would be hard to not attach yourself to it. Yeah. And then even by attaching yourself to one of them, you're also attaching yourself to a community that puts you – into more active states anyway where you're constantly wanting you know to to learn more and, yeah. and get excited with the game with people that you want to talk about the game with yeah and even if you don't like agree with what they're saying it still helps to consume as much as possible like there's a couple people that play i mean i can't even name the channels that i've watched but there's a few people that play on uh, tts that you know put all their stuff on on youtube and while you know i don't always agree with it it's great to watch and learn from you know what they do in their decks and you know and don't be ashamed to net deck ever <laughs> i mean i'm it has such a stigma on it but it that's does. that's one of the best ways to learn is grab a deck that someone else is playing learn it and then change it to how you want to change it so yeah great starting points yeah i mean Obviously, we're not gonna we're not at the point where net decking is even that crazy. Right. Uh, but like, you can go to lorcania.com, you can look at popular decks, and you could just be like, "Oh, this one looks like it's fun," and then just, just copy and paste it. Just go. Yeah, that or you know, play it five games. Right. Say, hey, I don't like these ten cards. Change them to something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I mean, the information is out there already to be found, which is great. Um, again, it's just another resource to utilize and be a part of and understand that they're there. So use them, you know? Um, yeah. So what about Lorcana in general? Uh, do you have any specific tips like in your early on playing the game that you could think of that you can give people? You know, nothing that we haven't already covered, to be honest. Um, you know, for me personally, the way that I learned to got better at the game is to just uh, start off by playing bad decks. You know, like, I, like the first week I played the game, my decks were terrible. And then, you know, you kind of learn by playing these cards that you wouldn't normally play that, okay, this doesn't work. And then, you know, you kind of learn gradually, like, what does work. Um, but, you know, that's just going back to one of the earlier tips is just get out there and play the game. Yeah. You know, 
pick one of these platforms, pick your, you know, uh, your uh, kitchen table and just get games in. That's the yeah. only way that you're ever going to you know, learn what's good and what's not. Yeah, honestly, I thought today was a there was a really interesting comment in the Pixel Warren Discord where it's like it's very clear to a lot of the players like what the current best thing to be doing is, which mm-hmm. is just like Steel X, like Steel, whatever, whatever whatever you're doing with Steel is whatever. But it doesn't mean that you can't try other things, right? Like we're not here to make the best Steel deck right now. Like we are still here to learn. So don't be afraid to just pick up like literally any color combination and just jam games with it because that's why even early on i was jamming games with emerald before genie came out i'm like man this is terrible yeah. but like if i didn't do that i wouldn't have learned like what they needed or what i felt i had to pair them with to get them to a better place you know and obviously genie came out and made the, you know the deck infant times better but the point is that you still got to learn by playing bad decks and playing bad cards to even truly evaluate the good ones yeah uh, see you know now with emerald we're like man this is still terrible but this card's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, Genie's real good, though. Like, that's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's, it's it's also tough to really, like, it, like evaluate the game at the moment and try to decide, you know, best decks and meta, you know, and whatnot. Because we don't know right now what we're building or planning for, right? There's no large-scale, you know, like, organized play announcement. It's, it's a bunch of local stuff. Which is cool, which we uh, might, which we have to hope that that there is for what it's worth, right? And you know, uh, George Machado at Pro Play Games has already announced somewhat of a, I think like a Grand Prix type circuit. Um, yeah, like his his tournament circuit is already in full force, and when he yeah. feels it, it it can work, he'll probably just add Lorcana to his event schedule already. Right. So you know, we know that that there's something coming up, and I don't know what they have planned officially. So all that factored in, you know you're going to get a lot of butting heads on Facebook groups and discord because, you know, people have different ideas of what's competitive, I guess. Yeah. I mean, nothing is good and nothing is bad realistically, but yeah. um, That's just something that's going to be solved in another 80 cards or so at this point. Yeah. All right. So aside from Sven hanging out, so you work for a big box corporation. We will not say which one. Uh, but what type of information could you give us about the September 1st wave from like experience in other games? You know, like, so like, obviously we, you big box corporations work with Magic. They work with Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm not sure if they work with Fab. I don't know if you could even tell me that. No. Um, but I'm trying to think of like some of the other games that, and you'll be able to tell me regardless, but what what type of expectation would you normally have for uh, like an allocation? Okay. So, okay. I don't work for target or Walmart. So just sure. Don't ask anything about that. Cause I have, I have no idea. So sure. the company that I work for is a little smaller than that, but uh, as far as allocation goes, uh, it largely depends on your area. So like the large areas um, will get a pretty sizable, you know, shipment you know it's it varies by game i mean pokemon's always huge for first sets you know Yu-Gi-Oh is kind of whatever uh my hero oh, and okay. dragon ball are actually huge okay for, you know and and a digimon 
like, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, the top two sellers are always My Hero and Digimon. Like, those sell more than anything. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so with Orkana, you can expect stores like Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, uh, I don't know, I'm sure there's other companies that will have a pretty sizable stock of the Troves. Right. Um, but you probably won't find many booster packs it'll just be troves and probably those little gift bundles that come with kind of whatever yeah there's like a four pack thing i think yeah so that's what um, you'll see largely you know, now do you think because i i really i can only judge it off like what i see in magic where it's like they have like single packs you know or whatever and like maybe sometimes they're in the plastic wrapping yeah, or whatever. yeah they have, like do you expect booster that? packs um i i don't know i mean from like I actually just started looking into it today. I mean, it's from from what I could tell. I mean, the uh, troves are for sure in you know the uh, inventory, but blister packs possibly. I mean, I can't imagine there won't be right. It's just right. You know, it's, and obviously you know, starter decks and all that crap too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that stuff always pops up. But you know, I think that that's probably honestly going to be your best source for the uh, troves. The, see, they're called what? Treasure troves? I don't know what they're even called. I know it's definitely called trove. I don't yeah. know the exact definition. I don't know the exact name right yeah. now. Yeah, but yeah, those you'll you'll be able to find, I think, pretty easily. Um, well, not easily, but more likely at like a Target or Walmart or Barnes and Noble or whatever your you know local chain is. Meyer. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Meyer's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So those places will Maybe have. Maybe they'll be at Costco. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this will be everywhere. I mean, right. So, if you know somewhere who sells Ravensburger games, uh, like Villainous, yeah, uh, which is know, obviously definitely, yeah, those places will all likely have Lorcana. So you think like even like a like a hobby store, like a yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's entirely possible. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about them, that until right now. Like any like any merchandiser that works for these companies. I mean, I'm I'm an analyst, so I mean, I can't speak right. for the whole you know that side of the business, but you know, it, I can't imagine that they're not ordering this game. Right. So. Um, and how long do you expect it to last on shelves? Like not even a day. Not even a day. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Target and Walmart, especially, they'll probably be lines out the door September 1st. Um, you Very know, possible. places like the hobby stores and Myers and Barnes and Noble, like there probably won't be lines. Um, but I still can't imagine things lasting for more than a day i mean i could tell you that um you know a lot of these companies only get one shipment a week so right. there might be like you know 10 troves 20 blister packs and six starter decks for the whole week right so you know those will and again i don't know what kind of allocation that ravensburger has for the mass market stores you know right. things like magic and pokemon there's stuff coming in every week right but this one, I mean, it seems like the way that the, you know, stores are getting allocated, that the you know mass market stores, I mean, they they might have product one week and won't get any more for two months later. Might be like uh, might be like Transformers toys, right? They get their yeah. product and then they're just a wasteland for a, yep. six months. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, we'll see how it works out. But you know, I know that September first there'll be a pretty big wave. Um, after that, eh. yeah. Hard to say. Uh, so, questions for you guys in the chat. If you want to throw one in, go for it. 
we're going to add these two from Discord real quick. Uh, so our boy Artem from Lorcania.com, he asked, what are, uh, where to start with deck building if you don't want to copy someone's deck? So this is the opposite of what we've already covered. Of You know, we've already said, like, it's okay to copy someone's deck. It's not the end of the world. But what is your tips for, you know, new players learning how to deck build? Uh, like resource curves are probably the first thing. Um, you know, I, I think for the most part from the games that I've played so far that Lurkana is somewhat of a curve game. Right. As in, like, you really want to play on curve every turn or at least use all of your ink, you know, every turn. Um, so the first thing you really want to do is make sure you kind of ha- have a balanced curve um, and somewhat of a focus, you know, pick a card or cards or combination and kind of start with that. It's like, say, you know, you're like, man, I really like Tinkerbell. So your deck is going to start obviously for four of the three drop tank for the six drop tank. You're, and then you kind of just kind of cascades and waterfalls, from, you know, from there. Right. So yeah. it's like now we're in uh, silver. So or steel, so it's like, okay, well, I want to fire the cannons, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of goes on from there. Yeah, and then even if you don't want to copy anyone's deck, right, like you can still go, you know, go to the website, look at decks, and see what, you know, what is similar with deck building from, like, even 10, 15, 20 players. Because, like Tata just said, for the curve, you know, you'll see that majority of curves are, you know, X1 drops, X2 drops, X3 drops, X4 yeah. drops. So, like, even getting the understanding of, like, what you need necessarily uh, at a certain cost. Like, maybe you just realize, hey, man, maybe I don't need 10 7 drops, right? Like, yeah, you could play 10 7 drops. Probably don't need 10 7 drops. So, uh, just taking that extra step to research what other people are doing and successful with. And then trying to mirror that yourself to best start out on a good, like, on, a, on the right foot is my, my honest, my two cents for it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of different combos that you can build around in this game. So, you know, I think that that's a really good starting point or stepping stone for for you know any deck. Like my first several decks were item decks because I really like sapphire. So, you know, I was playing like a lot of aerial decks, and I realized very quickly that you know the the coconut basket was good. Cards like dingle hopper and you know frying uh, pan, frying pan like are not. Um, <laughs> So you just kind of learn that stuff. And then, you know, it's when you're building a new deck, it's okay to try cards that you don't think are good because that's how you find out if they really are or not. Right. Yeah. There's nothing really against just being like, well, people say this card's bad, but I, I need to find, I need to understand, right? Like I need to know why it's bad. And I think there's a lot of that going on early on is like, it's fine if you, you know, if you don't believe people, but well, make sure you do try it for yourself and yeah, give it a one real one thing that these Discord groups and Facebook groups turn into is like hive mind and like in like a big like echo chamber is that if one person that m- might be prominent in the game or a group that's prominent um, says something, it kind of just is like believed as fact. Sure. So, and that happens a lot in these groups. So you kind of have to go out on your own sometimes and figure out like okay well at at see they're all saying that the blue ariel's terrible and like you know i think she's pretty good so i'm i'm gonna try her so just just things like that right and by the way she's not terrible like the item one i i think that card's great 
she was not so good a couple days ago. Right. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> she's better. way better. She's but, much better today. Yeah. <laughs> Cards like that that break the rules of the game tend to be very, very good. Yeah. Fair. All right. So we have a another comment here from Palmer. Uh, the combo cards we've seen so far seem underwhelming. Do you think that's a design decision? Uh, game for all ages, let's keep the combo power low, or simply a product of them starting with powerful removal to prevent the early sets from being who's aggro's best like games? Um, I mean, yeah, I I don't think that the game being like designed for younger pe- you know people or whatever really factors in that much. I mean, it says ages 13 plus, if I remember correctly, so it's not that young. Yeah, we're not making the game for eight year olds. Like, I think what you're seeing is more of like, hey, it's set one, so we don't want to start off with some like busted two card, three card combo because then where where do we go from here? Like, I think they're just kind of making really synergistic, um, you know, combos like Ariel, for example, um, that are basic by design but play more complicated than they look. Yeah, I think I think there's a ton of things like that. I think there's a ton of like evergreen to them as well. Like this aerial, you know, this, the the blue aerial, she's just evergreen. Like for the entirety of the game, she has the ability every single time a new item is revealed, she can get better. Yeah, same for the amber one, right? Like, you well, know, yeah, the amber aerial, and then yeah. also the necklace. Like mm-hmm. these are two different types of combinations that you know they can work together. But the point is, is that. They're they're different enough to where you're like, oh, well, I wonder how, like, forever this card just gets a chance to be always be good. Um, yeah, and, and there's and a lot, lot of that. Yeah, right. And once we get all t- 204 cards, I think there'll be some things that are more complex. I think there'll be some things that are stay pretty basic. Um, but you know, I don't think I don't think any of it is by design of like the the age or you know younger crowd it's not really limited by that and in my opinion like you know it, yeah i don't think it could so be, but i don't think yeah, it like, i think it's more just it's it's set one so let's keep it basic like to me the biggest restraint on a combo card would have been this uh, lady tremaine the set mother like her being her stats uninkable and one lore yeah all on that card is like a hyper restraint for the ability to bring back any action. Yeah. So like that, that's probably the biggest restraint I've seen, but even like with the, the blue aerial, the Sapphire aerial deck, like a lot of that, a lot of those cards are uninkable, you know, like some of the items you want to play are uninkable. She's uninkable. Some of the other cards you want to play around her to protect her are uninkable. So like, there's a lot of like layers to even that combo of restriction for them, but none of it feels more punishing than paying six for an uninkable one six or yeah. whatever the hell she is for one lore. Like it's that, that's now you get me thinking. I don't think that there's like hardly any items that are uninkable that are actually good. I'm trying to uh, that are like actually good. The one today. Yeah. <laughs> Except well, well, yeah, well that's inkable. I'm trying to think of ones right. that are not inkable that like you would play in that deck you could play necklace in like some weird song slinger item slinger deck but like yeah i mean that's true i didn't think they like try to combine you could try i'm not sure that you need to i don't know if it would differ from the plan too much but like it's 
it's an it's an option. I always just try to make the the uh, stupid coconuts ride out. Those are actually like insane, <laughs> but now now they're really good with uh, uh, the scepter. So now right. you can just like attack up and then just heal all the damage. So yeah, we'll just see. But I I don't know. I have a hard time believing that like they're I don't know actively taking away combo because I, I do think there's a lot of representation for it in the game. I mean, you can even call like. Moana, a like Moana, a combo card, right? Like, oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, Stitch so, is a combo card. Like, there's so many, right? Like, you know, every color has certain build around cards that are all form combos. And, you know, I think that that's part of the fun in deck building right now is like, even though we only have what 120 some odd cards, is that every color, other than green, I guess, <laughs> and red. <laughs> You can yeah. do multiple things with right? all twenty-two or twenty-three cards that they have. <laughs> yeah, but like steel, you could play multiple different ways. Right, uh, like there's know. there's like literally packages within steel that do yeah. different things for different decks entirely. And but like there's, you have to hope that that's going to come for Emerald and Ruby. Yeah, like there's an honest to god like steel sapphire like no text box guy deck. Yeah, like, yeah. You just play ramp cards and then like twenty dudes yeah. that don't have text boxes yeah like, like here's my five cost maleficent here's my yeah. right in here's my maui like yeah, cronk here's maui yes. like, just send you know. it deal with it and it's you know that's a deck that you'll play against on uh yeah you know on for sure on, on tts and pixelborn and it, it'll kick you in the teeth so it's so a question from the crowd is lantern good i like it i like lantern i think it's good yeah you know like it again, is I, so it is an unangle yeah. bar. I don't know that you play it in that deck necessarily. I'm not sure if you can get away with it. I, don't oh, know, I mean, if but, you're playing, you know, Amber, yeah, so orange is Amber, right? Yeah, yes. okay. So if, if you're playing Amber, like you're probably playing that card in any kind of aerial deck, but you know, I I think I think Lantern's good because it once again breaks the rules of the game, like yeah. ramp kind of breaks. The I think stacking with shift was, was a huge deal for it, yeah, right. So, you know, I think it's good. I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we answered your question well enough there, Palmer. All right. So, okay. Uh, we're going to – I think this is our last one. So, 28 years in the TC business, you've learned a lot of lessons, right? So, like, what lesson did you learn from your most recent game of Battle Spirits uh, that you can take with you into Disney Lurkana? Uh, don't change your deck the night before an event would probably be <laughs> one of the main lessons that I always tend to. I don't know. I did that and with. I did really, really well with it. So I, <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you know, it it works out one in every <laughs> yeah. hour many times. There's an exception. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just it's really basic stuff. You know, play testing, you know, make sure you play test. Um, you know, just play the game, have fun. You know, that's, that's a big one that kind of gets lost, you know, especially when you play competitively is, you know, you kind of lose track of that. The game is actually fun. Um, right. Just things like that. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's just like the little things, like it's just like learn to lose, you know, yeah. uh, just learn to lose, like learn that it's okay to lose a bunch of games um, in all honesty, because you, you should, 
you should always try to learn, period. But it's so much harder to learn when you're winning. So when you're losing, you need to learn to grasp that experience and just figure out, okay, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. What choices did I make? How can I make them better? And then the, the, like, the next level of that is when you do turn the corner, when you do start winning, learn to evaluate winning. That's the yeah, hard you know, That's a good point, and it's something that I just now thought of is that for you and Scott, when, when you guys make your you know, gameplay videos um, at your kitchen table or Scott's table or you know, wherever. It's always Scott's table. Yeah. I, I feel like it'd be a really good video series or you know, just video to do a voiceover of you guys watching your game right. and just talking through your thought process and certain mistakes that you made, um, things that could have been different. Um, I think there's a lot to learn from that. And I think if other people see that, they might be able to fo- you know, follow along. It's kind of like, uh, like watching poker, right? Yeah. You know, like how a lot of people, like a lot of professional poker players spend a lot of time watching poker and just analyzing like, you know, literally bets. Right. Yeah. In this game, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of little betting when you're deciding challenging and lowering questing, all those things like that. So uh, while I a hundred percent agree with you, that type of content is great. And it's definitely great for learning. Um, if, if it's out there, if anyone's doing it, in all honesty, it's worth, it's worth checking out because yeah. Again, it just goes back to trying to find, uh, you know, what connects you to the game and like how you can best learn from other people. And sometimes sometimes it is about being on the same level as people, too. Right. Like you have to understand, like, where you are in the game and what type of information that you grasp well. And then once you get to that, you know, once you get to that top of that barrier, then you move on to the next barrier, because I think like. For me, another big thing is like you never want to be the best player in the room, right? Like you just don't. You want to be able to learn something every time you have an experience. So you always want to get – once you get to a certain point, you always just want to like find the next thing. Like it, it's really – it's a real big thing for like even like business in general. It's like once you think you know it all, you need to find someone that's going to teach you everything. Um, I would prefer to be the, the best player in the room. But <laughs> – they're, for they're, learning. Yeah, that, for that, learning. that is a good point is that if you don't play, you know, people who are better than you, you can never you're, get better. You're, you're not going to learn, yeah, which also so. comes to my full round circle point of learn from losing, learn from losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole circle, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where you were going with it. but <laughs> Well, Tata, is there anything else you'd like to discuss tonight? I think we about covered everything. You know, we covered the new cards. Um, you know, I mean, I I could say that the decks that I've been playing on Pixelborn lately, you know, have been Steel X, like you know you've mentioned. Um, I'm I'm excited to try the Sapphire decks again now that we have good cards. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's about it. Yeah, I spent the weekend playing the deck that I shared yesterday, the Song deck, which was a lot of fun. I tried it as Sapphire. It was not good um, at all. Yeah. It was really bad and boring and like even boring for me to play, which is that's, that's hard to yeah. do. See. Sapphire needs like one more good song. You know, it, it has let it go, which is obviously great. And like one jump ahead is okay. Right. But it's so not what it needs. It, it needs like a four cost song that like Sebastian can sing that, which we there has to be there, right? Like, like yeah. you can't have singer four and then not have any four call songs. So, right. 
just the spoilers of the spoiler. <laughs> so, you know, Sapphire needs like one more good song. Um, I'd, I'd like to see one more good item. Um, and then maybe like one more good card that works with items. Like, you know, I think Maurice is good. Bell is not, uh, you know, I think Ariel's good, but they, so they need like one more good item based card, I think. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see like some awesome thing to ramp into also, but that's, yeah. I like ramp and I, it's great to ramp into, you know, Maleficence and like Maui's and stuff that are just, yeah. Like, and like Triton's fine, but he's not like on the level of some of these other, right. He's, he's only two lore. So like, it's just not, it just has nine health. So he's just there. Yeah. But, right, but like exactly. I would love to see like I honestly I hope there's a ten cost card I really do yeah see some gigantic ten cost card I don't know what it would do but I want to see it 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 would probably have to be in sapphire yeah I don't think yeah. any other color could really play a ten cost card not reliably yeah not reliably and without sapphire yeah <laughs> so you may as well just make it like a ten cost I would be cool with like some gigantic Elsa for being honest but yeah well we we haven't seen like uh, any uh ursula's yet right no and she could be sapphire yeah, I th- so my bet's on, a- on 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 amethyst but she could be sapphire she could be like a 10 cost you know s- sapphire whatever i mean be i don't cool. know it's like 10 cost <laughs> just like i don't know wallops everything who knows yeah it should be fun yeah all in all thank you guys for tuning in tonight if this is your first time here and you enjoy the content please hit the subscribe button Thank you very, very much, Mr. John Tata, for joining me tonight in replace of our uh, wonderful friend, Scott Landis, who's currently, in my mind, sipping pina colada on the beach or something <laughs> in Jamaica. I'm just going to keep making this joke all week because it's fun. <laughs> well, you have to have the uh, token old guy. So I'm I do. Gonna... I apparently have to just have token old people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy to step in in Scott's shoes. I'm. Uh... You're even wearing glasses. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Thank for everyone hanging out in chats tonight, and we will catch you guys in the next video. See ya.